Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, TriMates. What's going on? We are back to cover another episode of Survivor. This is Survivor Season 40, Episode 8, where the battle begins. We're coming you at you live from home using the Zoom app. Uh, despite the coronavirus, we are staying safe. We are staying home but we still want to bring you the show. So thank you, everybody that is tuning in right now. I've got an amazing panel joining me. I've got Mike Feeling up there. <laughs> Tim, it's Thursday. That means I showered today. Oh, me too. I showered today too. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Veronica Valencia. Veronica, did you shower today? I did. I'm so proud of all of us. Oh, let's go. Did Steve shower? Is it 100%? Oh, I am so fresh and so clean. Yeah! Uh, very, very clean uh, panel of hosts for you tonight. I'm very happy we all showered. I mean, it was a close one there for a second. Steve, I have my doubts about you. No way, man. We're good to go. So uh, let's dive into the episode, you guys. Before we get into that, don't forget, everybody, we do have our MVP segment at the end of the episode. Well, we will talk about our MVP of the episode. Uh, Mike, I'm going to shoot it over to you. What are your overall thoughts of the episode? Overall thoughts is right away we got a sick chat going on. And Ryan D, look at Veronica's great hair. That's right. <laughs> Stepped it up this week, Veronica. Looking fantastic. As per shout outs in the chat. This was an awesome episode. A couple, a couple things I'd love to shout out real quick that I've actually, one thing I forgot last week. Whoever is directing the music in these recent episodes, whoa, like, we're getting some epic, like, rock music, like, going on in especially Edge of Extinction. It's, like, very interesting music they've got playing. I love the strategy. I liked how everything played out with the merge. Veronica, what are your overall thoughts? I, keep I thought this was a very fun episode. Compared to last week's episode that there was, a, there was some disappointing moments, I thought this episode was very fulfilling. We got to see the return edge challenge which was very fun uh had my heart rate up I wasn't sitting down pretty much for that entire sequence which was great and then obviously everything that happened with the merge I I really liked to see I really liked seeing that obviously the person who came back from edge that we'll talk about uh wasn't the first one immediately sent back I like that he's getting a fighting chance so can't wait to talk about that yeah Steve overall thoughts uh Tyson going Super Saiyan when he won the challenge was amazing. One of my favorite <laughs> moments in Survivor ever. It was incredible. And he was so focused. I just, as soon as I saw, you know, that he, he wasn't doing the, you know, all, all shucks or, you know, cracking wise, I was like, oh my God, he's dialed in. He's got this. There were a lot of players from Edge of Extinction that were dialed in on this challenge, which 
talk about. First off, it was the merge episode, which we're all very excited about. Uh, we've been looking forward to this like every season to see who can get to the merge. And then obviously there was this other aspect of who was going to be joining the surviving tribe mates from Edge of Extinction. And we're left with 11 players. It's about to be 12. We see this epic challenge from Edge of Extinction. Now, here's my question to you guys. So we see that Yule and, you know, Poverty, people who just joined the Edge of Extinction cast, Natalie's been there from day one, feel very bad for Natalie. Do we think that it's fair that these people who just got to Edge of Extinction Island don't get as many opportunities to win fire tokens because these fire tokens were used as an advantage in this challenge? I'm so glad you brought this up, Tim, because this was, I literally had this exact same thought. I don't, it's tough because I do think it's, it is unfair that obviously people who are newer to the edge, like Yule and Poverty, didn't get as many opportunities to collect tokens to get advantages. But at the same time, I don't really know what they could have done except maybe given them a day on edge with a challenge to win at least one token or two tokens. Uh, I don't know what they could have done differently, but I did have this exact thought. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. The people who had the most opportunity to get fire tokens are the ones who are out earliest. They have the least amount of time to bond with other people. I mean, they're out of the game. They're, they're out of the game. They have the least amount of chance to stay in the game just in general. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I agree with Veronica. I don't know how you would rectify that fairness, let's call it, and um, toss it to Steve, but maybe I was mistaken. Everybody who chose an advantage only chose one, and they all also bought an immunity idol. I thought there was up to three advantages um, was I mistaken or just did nobody take advantage of that? See, I, I thought that that was my understanding as well. I was like, what good is an idol if you don't make it back into the game? I right. mean, if it's me, I'm going all in on advantages. Yes. And, uh, but I mean, I, I don't know if like, do they have an idol now on the edge of extinction? Those rules weren't really stated like super clearly. Um, but from my, it's my understanding that uh, the ones who bought the idols and the advantages now have zero fire tokens, um, well, along with everyone else that uh, used their fire token to get an advantage. But yeah, I don't know. I would have gone all in on advantages. Yeah, yeah. So despite not having an advantage, Yule actually impressed me a lot in this this challenge. He was able to keep up with everybody who did have a, a an advantage. Now between us, squirrel friends. Who did you guys really want to come back? In my opinion, I really wanted Natalie to fight. And I thought that she did. They all fought very hard. But I really wanted Natalie to pull through. She's been on there since day one. She's on my fantasy draft, which we're also going to talk about, you guys. I wanted Natalie to be the one to come back. Who did you guys? Three three guesses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why well, are we doing that? Yeah. Yeah, Monica doesn't need to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will. Because I will. I Obviously, I wanted Yule, and the reason I want to bring that up is because uh, I want to shout out our chat, uh, Joseph and Thomas and Rihanna B, are all saying that Yule did pretty well, given the fact that he didn't have uh, an advantage. He was kind of right up there with Tyson and Rob during this challenge, and, uh, you know, he did, he did very well, and I would have loved to see him back in the game. Mike, Personally... Yeah, personally, and then I actually wanted to throw out a couple other questions because I'm confused about some stuff as the biggest Survivor fan. I agree with you. I wanted to see Natalie, 
But after that, um, Rob, just because I think he makes the game the most interesting and intriguing. He's always scheming. I, I like to see the gameplay and the strategy and stuff. A couple things. Uh, one thing that Steve brought up, you know, if you're somebody like Rob who bought an advantage and an immunity idol, they're still on edge of extinction, right? So um, when we saw the aftermath of the vote, I didn't expect to see them, one, all on the jury. I didn't know mm-hmm. that was happening. I didn't know that they were all going back to extinction. So does that mean they still have an opportunity to get back in the game? Does that immunity idol still count if they do get back in the game? Like, uh, to me, maybe I'm just uh, not up on the the info of what's going on this season, but there's a lot of unanswered questions automatically just off of this episode. Right. I think think there will be another edge challenge and uh later on in the game like maybe in the finale episode someone will come in sort of whenever the last edge of extinction player uh came in on the last edge season i think they might be able to um sell those idols to a player in the game as like natalie had done earlier so they can get there uh get a token back and maybe influence the game um i was looking at the uh the menu that the players still in the game were uh, looking at. And I noticed something interesting that for, uh, what was it? Two fire tokens, a player in the game can send a message to someone on edge of extinction. Um, so I think there's, uh, a, there's possibly something that, you know, they can communicate back and forth, which we had talked about. And uh, that's an extensive text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 In the world of survivor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an international um, so that that poses that definitely really good questions mike and um steve i'm really glad that you were observant to notice that my question is do we think that sandra who did raise her flag could have done this challenge and do you think that because these tribe members are going back to edge of extinction island and once again who knows how long they're going to be there do we think that anybody else is going to raise the sail you know what? I here's here's the first thing I'll say, Tim, in regards to Sandra. Could she have done it? Yes. Would she have done well? I don't think so. And I actually laughed because Tony had a very funny comment where it was like, "Yeah, Sandra wouldn't have done that." And it's true. It's true. She wouldn't have. So she obviously made a decision that was in her own best interest. Uh, in terms of someone else raising the flag, while I'm sure all of us never thought we would ever see a survivor or winner for that matter, raise the flag. I Something that Rob said at the beginning of the challenge really struck me, and it was the fact that he said that all the players who are on the edge never had a chance to get their feet off the ground. And when you look at who they are, like obviously like Natalie never really got a chance to get involved in the game, and a lot of the old school players never really had a chance to play as well because they were so heavily targeted early on for the fact that they were legendary players. And so, you know what? before I wouldn't have thought that but at the same time maybe now it's I would maybe expect it a little bit more just because if these players feel like they're not ever going to get the opportunity to play they might think well why am I wasting my time Rob won't think that but maybe someone else might let me jump in in the chat here Jeremy just said pretty sure in Jeff's interview with Dalton he said everyone is back to zero tokens and no idols on edge of extinction. Awesome. So if that's true, that means they don't get to sell them back. And we've seen, wow. I've seen a bunch of different comments in the, in the chat on whether they get to sell them back or not. Um, I, to answer your question, I don't think Sandra would have won this challenge, not in a million years, but I think she might be able to win the next challenge. 
So I still don't think she should have quit. Um, and actually, if you don't mind, I thought of another question I had that uh, I don't know if you were going to bring up, but toss it to Steve and then answer this. Do you think it's fair that Amber was able to give Rob her fire token? We know them being married is automatically like a duo, but when I actually saw her give him the fire tokens to buy that extra stuff, I said, this to me almost feels borderline unfair. I mean, you got to give the players some leeway to do with what they will with their tokens. Michelle gave a token to Wendell for yada, yada, yada. We we still don't know why. True. uh, I think giving the players um, some freedom there to just sort of give it to someone – helps create that uh fire token economy a little bit you know if, if you're too too limited then you're like well i was gonna hold on to this and i'm just gonna buy whatever i can and if i'm not gonna win the challenge then i'm just gonna buy peanut butter or something so i think it does uh get give the tokens a little more flexibility and i like that i do like to see that i also want to add uh when rob was given that speech before the challenge he says None of us here are quitters. And I think that was a dig at Sandra. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whether or not she thinks she can win the challenge, um, I do think she owes the Survivor community a little more respect to stay in the game, especially on a season like this, uh, where it's like the only reason you're there is because you're considered one of the greats. And to just walk out, it really uh it just disappointed a lot of people and it was just kind of like well i guess maybe sandra's not the great one that we all sort of thought she was but especially if i could jump in especially if you believe what has been said in some youtube videos that hatch and tina both wanted to come on this season were like invited and kind of disinvited we don't really know what happened but to have somebody quit when you have some more winners who would like die to come back on is, is almost doubly disappointing. No, I completely agree with the both of you. Now, in terms of Veronica's statement, when, you know, they were saying the players on Edge of Extinction really never got a chance to get their feet off the ground. I think that's a complete cop-out. Natalie, yes. But season after season after season, the person who gets voted off first never got to get their feet off the ground, whether right. you're a returning player or not. Now, everybody else, they did have a fair fighting chance to get their feet off of the ground. And I think some of them did. I think that to sit there and say, oh, we were targeted because we were old school players is completely unfair. Now, let's talk about what happened back at camp, because obviously right after the merge, once you go back to camp, you have this awesome feast and everybody's going to be strategizing from that point on hardcore. Now, Denise starts talking about what happened with Sandra because Sarah asks her and Denise now known as the queen slayer I don't know how you guys feel about it I want to get your thoughts but do we think that it was smart for her to kind of reveal all of this do you guys think that it probably would have come out anyway yeah yeah it would have it would have come out anyway especially if someone from the old to call tribe wanted to get her out anyone could have easily said hey you know that thing Denise said at the merge feast yeah it didn't happen that way and maybe that would make her even more of a target because she's not revealing all of her cards yeah, I think she, if, if you're going to say it, I think she did it as good as she could have. It didn't come off as bragging. It kind of came off as just, this is what happened. And, and I took advantage of the situation or, or played it to my best of my ability. I didn't, because I've, and honestly, I don't remember what I said about her in our pre-show. 
but I'm sure what it, whatever it was, it wasn't a thousand percent positive. I'm a complete 180. She's blown my mind, extremely impressive. And because of how I feel about her like that, I didn't like this move. I didn't like that she said that. Um, what else I didn't like about this merch feast, Timmy, you'll know everybody in the chat, Mike's tips, no one was looking for an idol. No one was looking for an advantage amongst all the food. I hate that. <laughs> Mike, how much do you hate that? Oh! Steve, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I thought that Denise was playing a very low-key game, and it was sort of a, uh, as long as it's not me, sort of Sandra-style game, but it wasn't abrasive in the way that Sandra's often comes off as. I think she's like, uh, she's very good at reading the room. You can't lie in that situation because p- other people there know what's going to happen. So. Right. She just sort of laid it out. Uh, this is what happened. She wasn't like, and then I played the idol and Sandra was, go- it was like, yeah. <laughs> and she was just, um, she's just so very uh, well-spoken and just, she has a very, uh, I want to say calming presence. I think people go to her because she listens. She's a very good listener. And I think that's a really strong asset in a, in a survivor, especially on a season with a lot of big egos that could really help her go far. Now we do come into the merge that a lot of relationships that were on these separate, three separate tribes were going to come into consideration. Jeremy and Wendell were two people that I didn't actually think would want to work together because there are some big egos there. So I was actually surprised that Jeremy was really gung ho about wanting to work with Wendell. Was anybody else surprised by that? Mm-hmm. I think like, like so far where he would be willing to be like, well, I want to be Wendell's number one. Let me go and target Nick to get him out to be his number one. I thought that was really weird. I thought that was extremely weird. Just saying that you're going to target somebody else's number one. I was like, why not just get in with both of them and have three or more? Yeah. Three's the crowd. <laughs> Not after the merge when you need like six, right? Yeah. Uh, real quick, Tim, I kind of want to uh, address our chat real quick, who a lot of them are pretty much agreeing with you on the whole idea of Rob's comment kind of being a cop-out and that they didn't get to get their feet off the ground. While it's true, a lot of them have played multiple seasons, so they have had more of a chance to play than maybe some other people. I I know everyone might not agree with this, but I think part of the other reason what it is is that the people who have been voted off so far are the contestants who are a very good balance of TV entertainment personalities and gameplay. So they're the perfect balance of someone you want to watch. Whereas some of the people who are still left in the game, there's a, don't get me wrong, there's a respect for all of them because they have done what other people couldn't, which is win the game. But if you're looking at them, they, a lot of them weren't the most interesting or fun person to watch in their season. Mm. So I think that's kind of, where the sentiment is also coming from in the kind of the disappointment that the old schoolers are on extinction is because they were that great balance, whereas the other players are not. Again, I know everyone might not agree with that, but I think that's kind of where some of the fandom is coming from too. Yeah, I thought it was cool that um, they sort of, the contestants laid that out at the feast that they're like, yeah, it's great that that happened, but that's not, that's really what I wasn't going for. And everyone else was like, yeah, it's weird. And, so I, I kind of like that they put they left that in the show to sort of, uh, you know, quell some of that sort of like, oh, this old school and new school thing. That's what it's all about. Because, you know, we do want to know what 
people are actually talking about. We like the narrative and it's cool and it's interesting, but I don't think that the old school, new school, like, oh, they can't really keep up with these people anymore. I don't think that that's really what's going on. I do think it was like, when you come in and you're Boston Rob, you're going to have a target on your back, whether you played a long time ago or whether you played now. So, you know, I think it really was just like, they came in with such a resume already. People are talking about resumes in this episode. And I think those people already are coming in with a resume. And when it's a a historic season, and if Boston Rob's in the finale, I mean, you got to give it to Boston Rob because he's Boston Rob. If he made it to the finale in season 40, winners at war, come on. So yeah, I think that just their their legacy already it was the biggest mountain for them to overcome. Well, because people are building their resumes, Denise is an early on target. Um, that is all about to change with this immunity challenge, which we're going to talk about right now. Now, before we get into the immunity challenge, we had some old school kind of survivor element, and that was this downpour of torrential rain, which was actually nice to see, not seeing our survivors suffer because that's you know, masochistic, but seeing them in this, yeah, seeing this, seeing them in this element, especially Sophia, I felt really bad for Sophia, like she, her whole body is shivering, now everybody's shivering, everybody is cold, but as Adam says, like, have you never played Survivor before? I mean, it's kind of the name of the game, you knew it was going to rain, it's an island, so, but it was nice to see them you know, take away from, it's a beautiful Fijian island, like, there are other things happening that these survivors have to deal with, did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, except that Adam's all like, what, it's just a little rain, I can take it, whatever, these people are so weak, and then he's up on the pole going, I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was yeah. funny. I, I, I didn't understand, because at this point, Wendell, furniture maker extraordinaire, is still in the game. When they came back from the merge, they were saying, uh, at least, you know, people from other beaches are like, wow, look at all this stuff. Why did they have such a crappy shelter? Yeah, Why the was roof? there no roof on the shelter to protect yeah. them from rain? I didn't, that was very confused by that. But in general, no, I have no sympathy. You know you're going to be on the island. You're a survivor. You're going to get rain on. You're going to be wet. Let's go. That's boring yeah. content to me. I feel like they should have definitely kind of they should have been aware that that's definitely what was going to get into but then again just to kind of put it in perspective some of them like adam went through a cyclone they went through very crazy weather michelle and Korong went through very crazy heat people in her cycle you know got medically evacuated because they couldn't handle the heat so some of them dealt with harsh elements some of them dealt with even harsher elements so those people are probably like and eh, this is nothing while others are like i didn't experience this on my season that's fair. Now, this is an endurance challenge, which I was really waiting to see. Essentially, we've all seen it's a classic pole challenge. They have to sit on a pole for as long as they can. Players drop one by one. The last player standing will win. Now, there was a little twist that Jeff gave us. There will be one male and one female winner, plus each winner will get a fire token. Now, Jeremy won for the men. It was a close tie between him and Nick. Nick surprised me. And Denise won for the women didn't surprise me, but it was a close call between her and Kim. Now, Denise and Kim, I just want to throw it out there. They are the oldest female players in the game. So it was kind of nice to see them in this endurance challenge kind of take it above all these younger players. Mm -hmm. I I mean, Denise, uh, go ahead, B. Oh, I was just going to say, well, you can go, Mike, because then I also had a question for Steve. Oh, I just, I just, Denise, uh, time and time again, like I said before, is just impressing the heck out of me. To me, it's honestly, 100%, we all know I don't have a great memory. I remember very, very little from, the, from when she won. 
very, very little. So to me, every move that she's making, uh, I'm just impressed a thousand percent. I can't say it enough. So when she won this, even us, oh my God, she's showing up all these younger people, let alone girls, guys, everybody. Um, she's just doing awesome. I'm starting to get worried that she's going to get uh, voted out really, really quick because she's becoming a monumental threat. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That worries me too. And she's on my team and I love her so much. So I hope that's <laughs> not the case. Uh, Steve, I have a question for you. When you were on the dream team, did you participate in this challenge? And if so, how'd they get, how do they get those contestants up at the top? <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. At the same time. Yes. They uh, no, they don't put them up there at the same time. They have, you know, they, they have a ladder. They do it very quickly. They let them like, hold on to the top of the thing, which is not allowed in the challenge. And then they're like, okay, get comfortable. You know, it's like, if you're drawing for spots, I guess that is sort of like, well, it's just luck of the draw, but they do it very quickly. They, everybody gets up there. They've got a couple ladders. So uh, yeah, they just get them up there. Everyone's good. Okay, good. So they start the challenge really, really quickly. It's one of those things where it's like, when we get going, we got to go get everybody out, you know, all the crew get out of the background and go because we don't want this to affect the challenge. Um, Survivor's very, very strict about uh, the fairness in all the challenges. Um, I did test this one, but because it's a very, uh, a pretty easy one to shoot, they didn't run it for like hours and hours. We want to see how long the dream team can hang on. They're like, we got the <laughs> shot. Everybody look good. Okay, cool. But I was up there, uh, your toes, I mean, your, your hands are pretty much just there to keep you from falling like backwards and your big toe is doing all the work. Whoever has the strongest big toe will win this challenge. <laughs> What's the, is the ledge like Hello. an inch? Go. What is it? Yeah, I mean, it's not even enough for like, it's not even as wide as your big toe. I mean, you're hanging on by like the corner of your big toe. <laughs> well, one thing, is for one thing is for sure is that Jeremy had very good big toe strength. I, for one, did not enjoy the close-up of the feet because some of these feet look a little rough. Yeah. Well, they've yeah. been in rain for a whole day. Yeah, their toes They're are all dribbly. Yeah. There's something in this show for everyone, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all you foot fetish people out there, I'm sure you loved this episode. Wow. You know, I was um, surprised so that, that Tyson didn't win this one because uh, when he ran this challenge in uh, Token Teens way back when, and he yeah. won this challenge, yeah. he actually had gone down the pole, was like talking to another uh, contestant about like, just giving up so they could win. And then they're like, you're not going to give up. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. And he climbed back up using the, it was like, that was amazing. But you know, I, it's, I remember that's that. years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy did a little bit of that in this, in this challenge, but he did wind up winning. And like I said, Denise wound up winning. So good for them. Denise definitely needed to win it because she was definitely going to be a target tonight. So now back at camp, Jeremy wants to build his resume. So early on in the episode, there was this whole, you know, big targets versus little targets and little targets, AKA people who are, you know, playing more of a low pro profile game. I don't like to call them little targets because they are all winners in their own right. Every single person who is on this island has, you know, fought and, and played their game and is just an equal right to win as anybody else. So I hate when people are targeting other people like, you know, Tony sitting there and saying that, Nick is a, a hyena amongst lions. And I, I just, you know, Nick has his strategy. He played his game. He continues to play his game, how he wants to play his game, because that's his strategy. Did you guys think it was fair or do you like how they trash talk each other in that regard when it comes to gameplay? 
I mean, I like the lion hyena analogy. Actually, I think that's kind of appropriate. Yeah, I, I think, you know, even though we respect all these players because they have one and they all have different strategies. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, the legends and the old school players. And Steve, you were saying, you know, if you're Boston Rob and you're coming in this game, you're going to have a target on your back. And I think certain players have developed that type of resume. So I don't necessarily think it's wrong to say higher, but to use a better term, more higher profile players and more lower profile players. Because to say, oh, you're a huge threat. I mean, everyone's a threat if you think about it. They've all won or everyone's a target because they've all won. So I say labeling them as higher profile and lower profile might be more appropriate because yeah, if you have played multiple times and people really know your gameplay, you might be technically a higher profile player that someone wants to get rid of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Tony won the, was the most crazy outlandish player when he, in the season that he won. You know, that's not the type of player that Denise was. So I think it speaks more to style of play rather than who's better and who's a lion or, or whatever. Um, but I also think that uh, the... The alliances are interesting in that they they do sort of line up where personalities like Tyson and Tony, uh, you know, they sort of had this thing going early on in the game because they are like, oh yeah, we play the same style of of play. I think that's really interesting that that's still going or it's it's come back. Maybe because Tyson came back in the game and Tyson has sort of had this plan of like, hey Tony, we got to get the the big guys together. So now that Tyson's back, that sort of Alliance is sort of this plan that he was forming a long time ago is finally coming to fruition. I think it's awesome. I like I like that plan a lot. What I wasn't so sure about was the whole Nick being a hyena thing. I mean, the little package they put together of him like creeping from the side was was cute and <laughs> it funny. Was really yeah. funny. It was really <laughs> it was funny, funny. But there's no way you're going to get me to believe that everybody hasn't done that at some point to a bunch of different groups. I think it was a little bit of creative editing there. Um, and what are you supposed to do? Not get in people's conversations. I mean, they showed us three times who knows what the course was. Um, you know, I think he's going to get a little bit of the butt end of these kind of jokes because he's the newest winner, right? He's the newest winner. Um, but I don't really see him as, as a kind of a hyena player. If anybody is a hyena, it's Adam who's like, ah, and just like frantic. And it's like, you know, he's all wound up in it himself. Even a tribal, he d- never doesn't have a scowl on his face. So he's looking at everybody. The kid is wound up like, you know, nobody's business. He's the hyena oh. to me because he's so, uh, like, energy. And it's like, I would say Adam is a frightened rat. I'm almost out of control. <laughs> well, speaking of Adam, his name is definitely thrown out there. Right. With Adam. Nick and Wendell. Nick and Wendell's names are thrown out because they want to separate Nick and Wendell. Adam's name is thrown out because they think it'll be the easier vote or the vote that's not going to, you know, disrupt or or turn over too many, um, sorry, create too many ripples, as Denise says it. And Sophie, Sophie is another one that's really making a name for herself in the game because she kind of spots out that these bigger targets or these, you know, higher profile players, as Veronica called them, um, are going off and talking amongst themselves. And Sophie is the one that really throws out Wendell's name. And I just want to give her credit because Sophie is here to play. Did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I thought this was a really um, sort of tense back and forth because when you're throwing out someone's name and you sort of, 
it's always a gamble when you th- when you're the one who throws out the name. And then if people are like, yeah, okay, let's go with that. There, there's a little bit of pushback. You can say, you know what? Let's try this person. But if you push back and say, mm, I'd really like to see Wendell gone. Now people start to be like, okay, what are the motivations going on here? So it's really, really a, a tightrope to walk when, when Jeremy's like, oh, I really want to save Wendell. I'd rather it just go the other way. And so I really want to learn more of the politics on how it finally did come down to Wendell because it was an almost, a, uh, you know, it was a huge, not unanimous, but you know, there's only uh, Nick and Michelle who were left out of it. Yeah. So at some point they did come to a consensus, but it definitely looked like it was going towards Adam, but Sophie got her way. And I was very impressed by that. I was surprised oh, yeah. by the names they were throwing out for this right off the bat. No Tony, no Tyson, no Ben. Uh, these are the people immediately I would think attack them, get them out. Oh my gosh. Instead, Wendell, who, again, everybody knows I'm not very hype on Wendell, and even less so this season, but to me, he's always been kind of a a ride-along person, somebody who is down, I think, pretty loyal in general, but someone who you could just bring along with you. Um, You know, Jeremy obviously had immunity. Adam, I'm never surprised to see his name up there, kind of for the reasons we just talked about. He's kind of scatterbrained. You don't really know where he's at. I don't know if you can trust him or not. But these heavy hitter players, I can't believe how their names are in nobody's mouth. Yeah, I think, uh, so two things for me. Sophie, for me, was one of those players at the very beginning where I didn't necessarily care for her on her original season. You know, and I think that just goes to show, like, maybe it's that I was rooting for other people her season. I mean, her season had Ozzy and Coach, so... I, I was obviously rooting for different people. Coach, she, God, no. we gotta get Coach back on some stuff. <laughs> but, you know, this is one of those seasons where people are like, I'm going to try and switch in my game. We're seeing that with Tony, and we're definitely seeing that with Sophie. And I do have to say, you know, like, I respect uh, some of these moves that she's making because she's definitely playing way differently than I expected her to, and it's nice to watch. In terms of... Um, uh someone else go <laughs> well I was, uh, I, I, I was i she's got an idol right so when she was talking to adam and she kept saying i think you're gonna be fine i think you'll be fine and adam knows about the idol so i was wondering if that was going to come into play somehow and i just kept thinking don't even think about mm-hmm. it so do not give him that idol even though i thought he's in danger i thought he was going home at that point yeah. but i still said don't give him the idol keep your own idol I couldn't believe how the how it played out. I was yeah. Uh, I think this was a vote that was impacted a lot by the by last week's vote. I think that Yule was the glue that was holding those three guys together. Mm-hmm. So let's say last week they got rid of Michelle. The, the guys stuck together. They got rid of Michelle. So now you got Yule, Wendell, and Nick who are going to be t- tight because they're like, oh, we made it through. We made it to the merge. Now they can work with Sophie, who's got uh, Sarah. And, you know, if if Wendell and Nick and Yule are willing to work with Sophie, she's not going to be gunning for Wendell right off the bat because she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm cool with Yule. Yule's cool with Wendell. That would have been, maybe it would have been Adam. Maybe it would have been somebody else. But yeah. I think that the uh, the guys turning on each other or Wendell turning on Yule, I guess, was his downfall. And that's interesting to see those moves have ripple effects. That's a great point. And, and- Yule. 
to whatever extent, <laughs> to whatever extent you can have him, Sarah's got Tony. So just in the people you just mentioned right there, that's a power alliance that could have knocked everybody else uh, off the island, no problem. I have a yeah. feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of alliances. Veronica, you wanted to say something? Yes. What I was going to say originally, too, is because, you know, Wendell's name was thrown out, Nick's name was thrown out, and so was Adam. While, you know, Adam has a very scrappy game and, you know, as a viewer, he can sometimes be frustrating to watch because he is so all over the place. One of the things that is bothering me this season and one of the things that does bother me sometimes is when people get completely shut out and no one wants to work with them because then that just kind of leads to, you know, a boring episode. Uh, so one of the things I don't like seeing is Ben just completely shut out Adam. I think this might be just because Ben doesn't like ben, uh, Adam's gameplay. Maybe he frustrates him. Whatever the issue may be, anytime you see an Adam-Ben, there's just an uh, encounter. There's just so much tension there. Yeah. And he completely shuts out Adam. And it's, it's not, I don't know, it's not fun to watch. It's a bad no, social game on Ben's part. Yeah, no, exactly. I was just about to say that, Steve. It's not, we talk about an episode, almost every single episode, definitely every single season, not closing a door. And I definitely feel the same way that you do, Monica, that whole tension between Ben and Adam. Ben never knows when he might need Adam to help him. And I think that, you know, just because you don't respect somebody's gameplay, or even if he just finds him annoying, you know, put that in the back seat because you never know if you might need this person. Now, let's yeah. talk about this tribal council. Will you, will you be annoyed for 20 days for $2 million? I will. <laughs> it's a perfect example because even if adam pissed ben off at some point he keeps coming back so you like you could totally just forget it if you were a jerk to adam beforehand you could totally he could rekindle that maybe not anymore how many how many shots has adam kind of given ben right and maybe last night was the last straw i don't know that's fair we're gonna have to see so let's talk about this tribal council really quick so Essentially, it's the first tribal council after the post-merge. Now, Denise, I think, says it the best. I mean, this is really a defining vote. This really kind of determines where a lot of these players stand. And I sure. think sending Wendell home was, you know, shot heard around the world. I think that that solidified a lot of people's gameplay, and it solidified a lot of people's alliances and who they're willing to work with. Now, I do feel bad for Nick and Michelle because they were sitting there looking at each other like, did you know? Did you know? And I, I do feel bad for them. But it's not to say that they're going to be voted out next because we've seen this happen before. People who are on the wrong side of the vote usually come and try to work with other people. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes with those two. I'm not worried about those two at all. Uh, what they said was absolutely right. Every season, the first tribal after the merge really draws lines in the sand. You see where everybody's situated because, you know, you see... Are people switching alliances? Are they keeping their old tribal alliances? You really see where they where they stand. Um, I was just surprised at the Wendell vote in general because in my mind, he's not one of the power players. And like I said, none of the power players that are left, their names were even brought up. So uh, I was surprised about the vote in general, but I'm not worried for Nick or Michelle. I don't think they'll have any problem cementing it with somebody else. Yeah. I was definitely surprised by the Wendell vote too. Now, granted, I could have seen this vote go either way. I definitely could have seen it going Adam and I could have seen it going Wendell. So I was surprised to see that it was both. But I, I found it just surprising, kind of like you were saying, Mike, because to me, yeah, Wendell doesn't, Wendell seemed a little bit more under the radar. And I don't know if it's mainly they wanted him out because like Sophie kind of brought up, they were afraid of who is willing to work with Wendell. 
and if Wendell will work with them. I, I think it might have been like a social vote for that one. Mm. I'm going to have to disagree with uh, that this was a decisive vote and that there was a line drawn in the sand because uh, Jeremy wasn't really, this wasn't really the vote that he wanted to go with. But he made sort of a strategic retreat and, you know, he made this concession where he didn't really want Wendell to go. He wanted him to hang around. And Jeremy made a comment, uh, which I thought was very accurate, what was really going on, that they were sort of sparring. Everybody is sort of feeling each other out. They're, uh, you know, just sort of getting their reach. And I think that that's what uh, Jeremy was really doing in this episode. Uh, So Ben's in an interesting position because he was talking to Sophie and Jeremy, and those two were at odds on this vote. Uh, Jeremy, I think, pushed a little bit, pushed back. Sophie pushed back. Uh, Jeremy could sort of see that the tides were shifting towards Wendell, and he's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta cut back. And so he voted along with everybody else, but that's not the way he wanted the, that vote to go. So there are some disagreements among these people who all voted together, and in that sense, I don't think that the line in the sand is very clear. I get what you're saying. However, Jeremy didn't want Wendell to go, but not enough to really campaign for him. I think that still says something in how how willing are you to put your neck out there for somebody else? Um, how much are you going to campaign for them? To me, that still is drawing some kind of line in the sand. That I, I agree with you. Me saying that, that might be an overstatement, especially in this season with all these, just everybody's a power player in general and alliances are going to switch around, you know, whatever, like trade. I don't know a good analogy. They're going to switch around all the time, right? Like, like new gusts of wind or something. I don't know. The very, very, very fragile and tenuous relationships in general, but you're still sending some kind of message, especially if people saw people saw them buddy, buddy. Right. And you know, you know, he voted for him. So not even enough to send him a pity vote or he didn't even think that there's a shot that he could stay in or that they could campaign and switch somebody. So I think you still are drawing some lines in the sand when everybody comes together, no matter what. No, I, completely, I completely agree with you, Mike. I think that, you know, Jeremy realized that, that campaigning too hard for Wendell would have definitely put a target on his back. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, Jeremy realized that it wasn't worth it. Because what mm-hmm. we all said in the beginning of the episode, there was no really defining factor on why those two wanted to work together. Yeah, had they met up outside of Survivor? Sure, once or twice, Jeremy says. But there was no defining factor in this game, in this season, why the two should have worked together and why Jeremy should have went all out to campaign to keep somebody, therefore putting a target on his back. Didn't make any sense. Well, and, and uh, Jeremy doesn't know that Wendell's vote is for sale for like a fire token. So potentially not the best person to align with anyway. Speaking of fire tokens, Wendell does get voted out and he does have two fire tokens to give and he gives it to Michelle and Nick, the two people that didn't vote for him. And he says while he's getting, uh, while he's leaving the, uh, the island or that area, um, you know, who didn't stab me in the back? So he doesn't know exactly how this vote went up, but he did choose correctly. Nick and Michelle did stay loyal to Wendell, which further solidifies my theory that Michelle and Wendell were working together this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Just putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy in her chat who said, this felt like a very anticlimactic end for the villain edit of the season. And I just kind of want to jump off of that. So mm. I definitely do feel like 
Wendell got a villain edit. And I think that kind of stemmed from his whole relationship with Michelle. And I tried giving him the benefit of the doubt in the very beginning by saying, hey, if I'm on Survivor, I don't want my entire narrative or the thing that people talk about me this season is my relationship with my ex. And so, you know, yeah, did he, yeah. So it, it, it was tough because while I was not necessarily a huge fan of Wendell, I do think he got an edit because he was put in a weird situation. And I'm not saying like him, uh, he did in from what it seemed like he was treating Michelle pretty rudely. And I'm not saying that that's okay. But at the same time, Michelle don't, you know, if he's not comfortable with like being called babe or being touched, like give him some space. Yeah. So, so it was, that whole thing was very interesting. And it, as an audience member, it was kind of, irritating to watch because you know if they were working together and they were playing this all up it would have been great to see that but we'll never know yeah right my my big thing at the end of this episode was the realization that everybody in the game except sandra everybody in the game will eventually be the jury i didn't know that going in maybe you guys did maybe i just didn't realize everybody's a jury not only that but they're still still on extinction so they have a shot to come back and they're interacting with all the people voted off. So potentially you have Natalie, the first person voted off coming back into the game, having strategized, got all the inside info and everything firsthand, any questions she wants from all the people who are voted off. And it seems like they're sharing on extinction. They're sharing information much more freely than they would back on the Island. So I thought, wow, this is a whole new level of strategy uh, getting all this insider info to potentially come back in the game or all this insider info to make a decision about when you are the actual jury at the very end, the final tribal. Uh, I hope we see that come into play somehow. Cause that's fascinating. Yeah. No, I, props I agree. To, it's like seeing two games at the same time. Yeah. I got to say props to Tyson for not even being a name that's being thrown out. I'm sure some people considered like, yeah. Oh, let's just send it right back to the edge because having those people on the jury that is a stacked jury for Tyson. All people yeah. that he hung out with, his allies in the game, friends in real life. That's a huge target on Tyson's back. He had this plan a long time ago to put uh, Tony and some of the uh, big guys together. He's He did that in this episode. He uh, has got a lot of friends on the jury. So I was really impressed. Although I will say that the two uh, forces behind Tyson's ouster, which were Yule and Sandra... Uh, are no longer in the game. Sandra mm. is uh, sitting out the season and Yule is... So Tyson came back into the game and there was never any talk of sending him back to uh, uh, the edge, which I'm happy about. So props to Tyson on this episode. And yeah, with this huge jury pool, it's going to be really interesting. Mike, you said it the best. I think with Edge of Extinction still in, in play and with the Edge of Extinction players coming in and sitting on the jury, plus a jury that still has yet to be determined, there's a lot of things to be, to be seen in the season of Survivor. That is our review of season 40, episode eight. The, this is where the battle begins. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We're gonna move on to our special segment, which is our MVP segment. Mike, I'm gonna shoot it over to you. Who is your MVP of this episode? It's still Denise. She came out to the merger like a like a champ, threw it down at the beach. She was like, yeah, I crushed Sandra and I won immunity. <laughs> like, what? I was like, who is this woman? 100%. Uh, Veronica, I'm going to go to you. 
You know what, guys? I'm going to switch it up a little bit today because for my MVP, while, you know, I might be scared for them in the future, they're fading the game, but tonight I am celebrating them. I am saying my MVP is Team B Squared because I had a wonderful night for my fantasy draft. Tyson's <laughs> back in the game. You're the Jeremy. MVP yourself. Yes. Shush. Let me have this. Jeremy and Denise both got individual immunity, and Wendell and the Cell A3, Wendell, Michelle, and Nick, who were responsible for the Yule vote out, were all on the wrong side of the numbers. So, karma. So, my fantasy team had a wonderful <laughs> night. So, Team B squared, who agrees with me? <laughs> Steve, who was your MVP of the night? Oh, heavyweight Tyson. Come on. He got back in the game. He solidified an alliance plan that he had weeks ago. That's true survived the merge vote and now he's actually sitting in a pretty good spot the moment when tyson came into that challenge he was super focused he he beat boston rob just oh my god he got it this was all tyson's episode it's peanut butter baby he is gonna go to sophie actually all the different sophie's a killer at puzzles i mean you know she has this immunity idol that she's going to continue to hold on to. Plus, she sniffed out this whole thing with the uh, higher-profile players kind of banding together, so she put a stop to that really quick. So Sophie's going to have to be my MVP of the night. Now, let's go to our fantasy draft very quickly. Uh, as Veronica has already said, she's so celebrating early, which she has a right to do. So <laughs> as you guys know, Tyson was on Veronica's fantasy draft. He worked his way back in, so Veronica gains back her player, which you definitely needed, Veronica. Because you were yeah, I always so hope you <laughs> That's what so, I'm saying. It's like my team went, went through a rough patch, and then tonight we dominated. So, yeah, MVP all the way. <laughs> so great. I have uh, Sarah, Michelle, and Adam left in the game. Uh, Veronica, you have Denise, and now Tyson is back in the game. Two very strong players. That's good. good. You. Mike, you have Tony, Ben, Nick, and Kim left in the game. So you have the most players out of all of us. And Jonathan, who uh, would have been our engineer, uh, we'll give it to Steve, who is our awesome engineer for this episode. Steve is left with Sophie, uh, who is my MVP tonight. So that is our breakdown of our fantasy draft. You guys, let us know who's on your fantasy draft, who is left in the game. Who do you think has the strongest fantasy draft out of the three of us? Sorry, Steve, once again. On the sit-out bench. On the sit-out bench. So stand your sit-out bench. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We guys hope you that you are staying safe and staying home and washing your hands frequently uh, because of coronavirus. Um, that is our review. Let uh, Veronica, where can our fans find you? Yeah, you can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore B, Team B squared. Me? Me? Yeah, sure. Guys, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us everywhere in the chat. Let me shout some of you guys out here because we love you. Eric, Ryan, Victorious, Jeremy, Ms. Brown Sugar, Marissa, Carl, woo, Rihanna, Jeremy. Woo. Let's get some more. Thomas, Sheena, Ryan B. Guys, I really want to know what happened to the peanut butter, by the way. We don't, like, did he get to bring it back? Is it stuck on extinction? We'll find out. My name is Mike <laughs> Healing. You can find me everywhere at Mike Healing. Steve. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Stevie G on TV, where I just got my first response from a Survivor contestant. Jeremy liked my latest tweet, so check it out. Stevie yeah. G. Yeah. Oh, Steve, Steve is going to get Jeremy on our show. Hopefully, we do have a surprise <laughs> guest. Hopefully, if you're on the show, you guys, we are still 
crossing fingers and hoping um, a special guest works out. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, but Veronica is part of that. So, you know, we can all give her credit when it comes through. Um, my name is Timothy Michael. You guys can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. We'll see you guys next Thursday at 7 p.m. for the next episode of Survivor. We'll see you guys later, tribe mates. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.